0: The radio guy, Mike Prince, welcome to another episode of the Mike Prince Show. Of course, our daily mission is to bring you news that you can use on the world of HBCU sports and beyond. Today is not going to be an exception to the rule. I am excited to have our budding football analyst the Open Mic Broadcast Network, and that is none other, than brother B.J. Jones. How you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be here be here talking sports and not talking about COVID-19. Well, you know, nowadays they're kind of synonymous. You can't talk about one without the other with the cause and effect that it has had, not only just on the world of athletics, just on the world, period. How are you dealing with it, my man? Oh, man, I think you just deal
1: with it one day at a time. I, I, I thought myself this week, I, I went about three days
0: uh, without watching
1: the news. You want to be informed, but, you know, you start watching too much of it. It really uh a really damping your spirit. Wanna be aware, um, especially being in a, a hot spot state you know, in the state of Georgia. Uh, but you you, know, you, you wanna be aware, but you know, you don't want your spirits damping too
0: much. But I a figured day by day, man, and just working from the house and making sure that everybody's safe. Right, right. Well, we count your blessings that you're in the workforce that will Uh, allow you to still be able to work from home so it doesn't mess with your money flow and it's going to be a lot of people man and it's sad to say that are getting eaten alive by this thing and they're so deep right now when it comes to debt there's going to be a lot of people lose homes, vehicles and so much so uh, we do uh, acknowledge and count your blessings that you're not on that end of the spectrum man look at it. I've
1: I have so many friends that I've talked to you, uh, in different industries that, you know, there's nothing coming in right now. Uh, so, you know, you really got to thank, thank the good Lord that he's put you in a certain position so that you don't have to go through that. Like, my heart goes out to everyone uh, impacted uh, by this, whether it's from the health standpoint, or even from the finance. So, man, you, you know, you definitely got to
0: think and look this Absolutely, absolutely. And and enough of that, man. We're going to try and pick up the spirits a little bit, and let's talk about this game of football. Uh, right now, spring sessions have obviously been suspended. Right now, the the people are watching the clock on this peripheral wall on how soon can you get things started. Um, the SEC is talking about that we could get the – season to start as late as October, and you can still get the 12, 13-game schedule in. Some have talked about moving football to spring. Some said move it to January, all kind of things. And, of course, the latest is the XFL has given everybody their, I guess, furlough papers. You would even call them furlough papers. They've been relieved of duties right now, they're on a wait and see. And I thought it was a pretty successful season thus far for the XSL. Well, I think it too.
1: I, I, I like the product. kind of wish that we had more to watch. I, I understand am you saying know, not starting off with as many teams. I mean, I actually like the product. And I, and I hate to see that, you know, so many guys who are using this as their second opportunity or an opportunity to, you know, get looked at by, you know, the big leagues. Now they don't have that uh, anymore, and 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 just to have that option of football in the spring. Um, I, I hate that that you know that that's going away. And HBCU guys, um, you know that were on coaching staffs that were playing. Um, I mean, I, your heart really goes out to those guys. you had uh, Pelt Hamilton, uh, an HBCU guy, Howard uh, University, uh, former Howard University player who's head coach Defenders uh, and, and, and uh, you know his offensive of coordinator, uh, you know from uh, right, right there in Baton Rouge, who also played
0: at uh, Howard, Ted White. Uh, so you, you, your heart goes out to those. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. It's a, a tough time all the way across the board. So uh, let's look into our crystal ball, BJ, if you don't mind, and um, let's talk about the potential 2020 football season. In the Southwest Athletic Conference, if you were fast forward to July 2020, where it's SWAC Media Day, what's your projected order of finish from the East and the West, and why? From the East, I would go with course State. You have to look at uh,
1: what they have uh, coming back: Felix Harper, uh, Nico Duffy, uh, the receivers are back. Charles Pringle uh, Pringle, uh, who's about to break the all Alcorn State record for touchdown receptions. Uh they have to do some retooling right on off the offensive line. Uh defensively they have one piece of that. Quintaro Cole is one of those solid pieces on the defensive side of football. Uh Alcorn is is loaded, but right behind them I have Alabama uh, and Hill. Uh and what they've done uh last year, remember it was a a few feet away uh, from and them defeating the during and the launch. and now uh, album Anley comes back uh, with the quarterback who may be the best in the conference um, and the kill glass uh, he'll get his his uh large plethora of receivers back, uh, two thousand yard receivers back, and he gets uh the young man Brian Jenkins Jr uh, off of injury. So he gets that playmaker back. If Alabama and them can show up on the defensive side of football, they're going to be a serious contender for the uh, Eastern Division. And then right behind them, I have Alabama State. Uh, you like what they did recruiting-wise? Uh, they had some ups and downs a year ago, uh, but they were, you know, they were right there. They didn't get that winning season, but they were right there. And right behind them, I
0: have Jackson State, followed by Mississippi Valley. Okay, that's your eastern lineup. How are we looking on the western side of things?
1: On the, on the western side of things, um, I would actually, uh, right now, I would lean Southern University uh, in the west and, and by the slimmest of margins. Uh, but Southern University, they're bringing back uh, a lot on the office side of final volunteer. Skelton is back. Bubba McDaniel is back They have a new offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. Uh, that would be uh coming in, uh Zach Rossi, uh coming in from Hampton. Uh new receivers coach, that, that offensive side of the ball. The staffing staff has been in retooled, but you still have Ben back. Uh the other uh freshman in the back in the back. He's back uh back. those receivers, minus hunter, register all back. Uh the offensive line will do a little bit of retooling. The defensive side of the football uh, most of your playmakers there are back, you're gonna be missing a big playmaker and the little linebacker. Um but uh you, you get uh happy on, in the in the in the secondary He's back, uh Jordan Lewis uh for the defensive end team Uh I like I like everything that Southern has. I think Grebling is going to be right there. You look at the injuries that so they dealt with a year ago uh and the playmakers are able to get back from injury. Grambling was right there in the complaints. I think you I have a lot to say about who wins in the West. But then after that, I
0: you'll start getting Arkansas Pine Bluff and Texas. So. okay, okay. So let me ask you this. With the time that has been equally off for all schools across the country, who do you see this being more of an advantage for? And why? To give the advantage to teams who are
1: returning a lot of starters and who have a new on their coaching staff. The is, when you've got players coming back and they know what's required of them, there's no verbiage being changed, there's no team being changed, they know what's being required, they're more apt to get up and go. They, they know their job description, they can do it as opposed to if you take a, a, a team like Southern, even with that talent that they have returning, you got new philosophies, and I'm also going the ball. Uh, you have new things that coaches want you to work, work on. If you're an offensive lineman, if I'm a tackle, how do my splits need to be opposed to, where do my splits need to be from the guard? Do I need to be able to, on, 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 on his heel? Do we need to be foot-to-foot? How wide are the splits on this particular uh, formation of this particular play. If I'm a wide receiver, you want me to shift further to the sideline to get safety out of the middle of the field. Just those small nuances uh, that people don't think about that changes when you, when you switch uh, uh, personnel, which I was talking about from the coaching staff, those philosophies, all of those things change. So now you have to go through a learning period. That new staff now has to go through a learning period to learn what tools do I have on my toolbox? What's this kid's ability? What am I working with? What Can he adapt to what I need to do? What's going to be his strength? So things like Southern and other people who have new head coaches uh, did a lot of head after turnover, they're going to be behind the eight ball.
0: Okay. Now, uh, it's ironic that when you talk about the footwork on the heel or or even up on your offensive line, I would think, just as techniques as simple as that, and even some of the play calling. Now, things are going to have to be, for lack of a better term, dummy down, especially with this long layoff that you have. And would you agree with that, or do you think you can have a too uh, a bit of overload uh, that can cause more confusion than what it's worth? I think I think coaches are going to have to be uh,
1: innovative with how they get this information out. I know a lot of coaches are using Zoom uh, to teach this information, uh, the video chat. Um, even when you get that information out, it's not like you're going to be doing that. Practicing and, 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 and doing it in motion. I will say this. I will preface this, and I've said it on show. You're going to see the least physical football you've seen in a while. Just because you're not, the kids aren't practicing they're, they're they're not in football mode. When they come back, it's going to be rush, rush, rush and get them out. We want to see very sloppy and very not physical
0: football for uh,
1: the majority
0: of the season that we have. It. We're talking right now with BJ Jones, football analyst and uh, show host of the Barber Shop. I like that man, the Barber Shop. And yeah. yes, sir. Now look, mm-hmm. BJ. Um, it's obvious that there are two different worlds when it comes to football. You have FBS and then everybody else. Do you see the possibilities of one group having football for 2020 and possibly another one not, or do you see both of them not having football for 2020? That's a unique circumstance of it. I would argue
1: that you have FBS, FBS, and you have power five. Uh because power five that's who has the money and and that's who's willing to vote. And to be honest with you, the power five has enough money, uh, making enough money from a global standpoint that they can tell the of delay, you know, to pretty much to go stick it. Now what we have as far as the Call the G5 and SDF and everything else but that we have strength in numbers. Um, so I think that you're going to really see uh, the Power Five really, really try to mostly. Uh when they start talking about decisions and try to get their best interests heard first, uh, while everyone else is trying to, try to use the strength in numbers game that that we have. I, I don't think that you're going to have all to at one and not the others. So I think you're going to all or none, which Escalate the The Power Five eventually pulling
0: away from the NCAA. Well, at this stage, um, if we could find some good out of the coronavirus syndrome, is that we have come to the point where there's no more talking about it. Let's let the Power Five create their own island. Everybody else regroup. And with that regrouping, what I've been hammering, if you allow me to use the term, my campaign points have been this. Restructure what would be considered FCS Division I programs. Right now, the minimum requirement is 14 sports. I say if you reduce that between 8 and 10 sports, that would be your new Division I look. And I would even go as far as to, say, set a certain budget plateau. If you're going to be considered an FCS program, this is the minimum amount you can spend on athletics, and this is the maximum amount you can spend on athletics to keep the surface level to bring the spirit of competition back to student athletics. I think that's something that,
1: you know, that can work. And I think that we may be headed towards that. I don't think that that's as much as a pipe dream that people maybe maybe have thought it was uh, six months ago. I think that, kind of what you said, the the thing about this pandemic, I think, like I said, I think you're going to escalate the Power 5 wanting to pull away. And the only thing that keeps the Power 5 water instantly is that March match. You know that that March Madness money is hard to walk away from. Or walk away from. And the NCAA does have that leverage. Saying, "Hey, if you want to pull away, then find to play your script." That means beloved basketball and and baseball. No more Omaha. Uh, you know, no more March Madness. Uh, but I, I think uh, you know what you're saying. Hey, creating new subdivision, then putting those financial uh, guidelines in there. I think that's something that could benefit the HBCUs. Um,
0: a great, greatly at the post right now. Absolutely. And when you, when you look at it, I still think, even if those two split, there's enough money, and I think CBS could actually even win larger from the March Madness and and, and everything else. And the bowl games now on the football side of things, become more significant because they, be become, they become part of the championship series on the FCS scales. Because let's be honest, who cares about the Ponsetta Bowl, really? Do you? No. You, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, so, so I think this is a great time to go back to the drawing board and, and, and revamp this thing, and it's a great time for some uh, D2 programs to possibly stick their head up to the new organized FCS status, if we can, you know, call it that. We're all hypothetically speaking right now, but I think it's something that is truly worth kicking the can down the road on. Well,
1: yeah, I agree. I think that the growth opportunity is something like that. were to happen? I think that you will really, really see, you know, other schools, uh, you know, especially but when power kind of you know uh kick and and then now uh, you know you have more opportunities to start talking about television and being able to stretch over different uh you know broadcast networks like C N uh
0: C D CBS, Fox and some four right and don't forget your regional cable networks as well. I think this is a, going to be a great opportunity for them to get some skin in the game because what's going to happen, television is going to still drive athletics, and we know that. And maybe you can start getting some fair market deals. And I really think that, like, this mega deal that CBS, well, not CBS, but ESPN signed with the SEC those days are going to soon be numbered, my friend, and they're going to have to go back and say, look, we've got to go back to ground zero and put an X amount of factor. That's why I think budgets are going to, or not budgets, but salary caps in the name of budgets are now going to probably be part of the future of college athletics.
1: You talk about the, uh, the regional cable networks. Huh? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think that that's something that's going to get a right now. Start talking
0: about our Yes, Yes. Yes. You, you don't have no argument with me. You know, I'm, I'm on the record for saying that either you use a regional cable deal, reactivate the Swag Digital Network, and infuse it all through your own YouTube channel. And when I say to your YouTube channel, not the free deal, the one that you have to pay for. So if you do happen to play uh, some, some artist music, you know how we play music in between breaks or whatnot, you won't get your video uh, cut off and shut down, but you've paid that copyright fee, which is only, I believe, like $1,000 a month, and that's nothing to an institution nor to a conference to ensure that they secure their own brand. Right, I mean, like I said, that's you know that's that's
1: great all the life. Uh, and 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 that's something that we need. How many complaints have we heard over the last few seasons about Grambling and Preview not being televised, or uh, you know having to dig last year to find the Southern Heritage Classic or the uh, city Classic, or uh, I remember uh, you know Alcorn and and, and uh, I want to say it was
0: Allcorn Alabama and them last. Year. Um, you know, I agree 100%. Right, and so um, it's a creative approach, and sometimes when, when I won't say nature, but when, when challenges hit us, it forces us to start thinking at things from a unique perspective. And so I want to take this corona season as an opportunity of, of reinventing ourselves on the big scale and the small scale. And i tell you something else that's going to really explode, my friend the return and appreciation of radio, audio, sports broadcasts. That's going to come back real strong. Watch what I tell you. Oh, certainly. Sure. I certainly hope, so. yeah, hope so. Well, the, here's the deal if I'm playing a football game with no crowd in the stands, I don't really want to watch that, but I can listen to that. I can listen to that. Could you imagine playing a Super Bowl with nobody in the stands? That's horrible. You, You wouldn't want to watch it. Right. Could you imagine watching the SWAC championship with no one in the stands? No. Could you imagine watching Jackson State and Southern with no one in the stands, no, that's part of the allure. (laughs) So uh, I really really think it's a time to go back and just put it all together and say, you know what, here's the new look. We know that we're to the point of no return. Yesterday is gone. Um, This ain't your father's swag any longer. This ain't your mama's swag any longer. It's going to be a new swag from here on out. And what a time for all this stuff to hit on the 100-year anniversary of the conference. It is is—it is crazy in our money. I don't know what's going to come of it, but something will come of it. And I can guarantee you this, my friend, we're going to be right there to see it all the way through, from beginning to end, from the Ruta to the Tula. All right. Yes, sir. Now, On the world of coaching, I think that everyone is going to get a repass, if you would. Um, I think everybody's going to be safe with this extra year. How do you think the NCAA would respond in the fact, or in the event that there is no football? Would they go back and turn back the hands of time? And reinstate another year for football as they did for your spring sports? And do you hang around if you're that classified,
1: recertified senior? I think some of the guys will. Uh, I think you yeah, got some of the guys won't. Well, uh, you know, it, it all depends on what guys' personal goals are. If um, you're a guy that feels like you're, you have a legit, uh, legitimate shot at the next level, then of course you want another trial, which is basically what you know. What the season is for you, it's a
0: yes. It's a it's
1: an opportunity for you to achieve, um, attain, team goal, and and, and and doing those things. But it's also a job interview. make you know, um, you have guys who realize that that's not a, a realistic step, and they will where where they need to be from that studies standpoint. They want to go ahead, and get in that field, and start making some some, some donuts. So I yeah, think it's all all. It's, always going to, it's going to depend on the kids. I, I think that the NCAA wants to get something done. Was, I saw that they were talking about how difficult it would be to bring everyone back to the football standpoint and then dealing with the football recruiting as well. Because if you think that, that, that NCAA transfer portal hot before, imagine <laughs> it's going to be, if you have those seniors and, and redshirt seniors sticking
0: around, you got that hot shot pressure that I intended to place you with. Yeah, you're talking about an overload and systems crashing. I can see that happening right now. Yeah. I can truly see that happen. We're talking with B.J. Jones, football analyst and host of the Barbershop, you know, the Open Mic Broadcast Network. B.J., I'm always with my head on a swivel, old linebacker, so I'm always looking, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't this be an ideal time if you're a smaller FCS program to possibly steal some recruits since no one is playing, no film is on individuals that you could possibly dangle a carrot in front of some kids that are teeter-tottering on FBS programs, and FBS programs are bigger than life, and they might miss a kid or two because there's no extra film on them. Couldn't you see this as a golden opportunity for FCS programs? Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, if, if your FCS program, you could really take advantage of right now because you're going to have some, you have some rising juniors who are getting spring ball, who they don't know if they're going to even get a senior year. That you're going to have FBS kids that are on, like, yeah, I don't know about this kid. He he might throw that extra inch or two, he might tack on that extra uh, I don't really know, no you gotta advance to get some kids. Just do because of lack of film to get some kids on your campus that otherwise may not have ever lived or ever shown up. Um, I, I think it goes back to what I said, the coaches who are innovative at this time are going to be the coaches who are gonna rise to the top. If you try to do things the way that they've always been done in this pandemic, you're setting yourself up. You have to be innovative and you have to be able to adjust on the fly look what's going on right now because what's going on right now? Is impressive.
0: So oh no you doubt You, about you it.
1: have to you have to be creative in, in, in what you're doing to help the guys that you already have on campus, the guys that are on their
0: way, and then the guys that you wish you hope
1: to get there in a year to.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And with that being said, my friend, there's some exciting times that lie ahead whenever the veil has been lifted and they say, play ball yet again. How soon that will be, the world may never know. How long it will be, the world may never know. BJ, I always learn something when I talk to you, my man, and I appreciate you. Uh, spending some time with the old man on today. And I want to give you some final thoughts and comments, man, and let the people know how they can keep up with you. Well, man, I'm, I'm, anytime you call me up,
1: man, I appreciate uh, you having me. I, you are know, a guy legend I had this business that we with you, so the only thing I uh, would to me is a privilege and an honor. And that's something I don't take like. So thank you for having me. Um, just everyone man, just stay encouraged. Uh do what you can, man. Stay in the house, and Stay your lights, Uh and I'm uh praying for everyone out there, man, your families. Uh let's just do what we need to do so we can get back to normal and we can have some ball to look at in the fall. Uh you can find me on social media, uh, at um HBCU football, um, on Twitter as well as Facebook. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, you know, DJ Jones, my name. Um, and coming soon. The barbershop, you know, the barbershop coming to the Open Light Network. Uh, coming to you soon, sooner rather than later. I was hoping to have some screen ball to talk about before we cracked open the barbershop. The barbershop loans. I gotta <laughs> do so, so it's coming sooner rather than later.
0: That sounds good, my man. And you know we're waiting here, as they say, patiently. But I do understand, and there's always something to talk about. Always something to dig up and kick down the road. Thank you again for joining in. He is—he don't like it when I call him this, but he is Brandon BJ Jones. My mother likes talk to call Yeah, I know that's right. I know that's right. I am the radio guy, Doctor Mike Prince. I want to remind you guys our social media handles for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are at the Mike Prince Show. YouTube channel is Open Mic Broadcast Network. Our website, obnradio.com, and our 24-hour dial-in message live, 713-570-6736. And until the next time, you guys be blessed, and we'll see you on the other side.